Sutoshan, welcome to the Barber Shop. Um, and I thought it was the Joe Rogan show. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's the, sure. You have made Ashutosh very happy. Who thinks that we have we are supposed to build the Indian Joe Rogan? And I'm like, nah, yaar. We are I supposed to. I think there are some similarities there for sure. <laughs> I think you're doing a good job of it. <laughs> Start with the hairstyle and hopefully ends with it. But no, I think he's done a fantastic job. Uh, but to our listeners, um, Toshan is a very special person because he was. Um, the first check that came into bombay shaving company i remember that call i was actually i remember exactly where there are certain things when they happen you remember where you were and what you were doing for example when 2611 happened you would likely know where you were when you got the news yeah. or when world trade center fell you would very vividly remember where you were that phone call with you i remember where you said that dipti and i will put in 15 lakhs and i said yes Amazing! That was the first commitment. I was outside Sakshi's parents' home in Pashtim. We are on the road, and uh, you said, "What is the valuation?" I said, "30 crores pre," and you said, "How much are you raising?" I said, "3 crores," and you said, "Okay, that's roughly an 8 percent dilution. The valuation seems high, but okay." You, <laughs> I would, I, whatever valuation you would have said, I would have said valuation seems, <laughs> seems high. high. You always say that doesn't matter. <laughs> so, but I remember that, and um, Toshan uh, was um, you were my boss for many years. I did serve clients at McKinsey with you. learned from you a large part of my skill set which i have developed uh, uh, i uh, can very easily attribute certain things around problem solving communication leadership kindness to the mentorship very early mentorship that you gave me and uh, which has converted into friendship um, over the years so welcome to the barber shop and thank you so much for taking the time my pleasure i hope this is not a reverse thing for all the trouble i gave you at mckinsey as your manager <laughs> no but no, looking no. forward to the chat today but tell me really we walked around the office and uh, we think about the first 15 lakhs and of course you invested in subsequent rounds uh, but what does it feel like for you to come and see what an idea on a phone call from one lowly manager who's leaving becoming something which is more tangible than that like what what does that feel like i think chandru the This was the first time I came to this office yes. since you opened it, and uh, I think it was inspiring and humbling at the same time because you have that board where you show the different fundraise rounds and the valuations, and I'm like, wow, this is a clear marker, and you are not hiding it. You are being very transparent about value creation and maybe value destruction also because you know in today's day and age. you know whatever goes up sometimes comes down so you need to be thoughtful about it but you are not so it's it's all out in the open for folks the way you've set up the office uh, people like in the, the way you've created the two brands and i'm like it, it gave me like you know it was you would have had you asked me for whichever venture <laughs> there, there was nothing about the venture okay i didn't even evaluate whether shaving creams are required <laughs> blades whatever else it is it was just you and what you've done and what you've become i think i just felt inspired by it chantanu really inspiring and also like you took the risk okay because you would have done spectacularly well in mckinsey okay there is no doubt about it and yet you said you know that's the easy way let me take the difficult way and that's what i really love and when i saw the office i was just genuinely impressed by the living breathing institution that uh, you have created but it's um it's a very swelling with pride moment coming from you like a lot of people come and appreciate but uh, 
that's the thing right when you when you want your coach or when you want your mentor to feel proud that's like a million times more than um than uh, than everyone else put together but you had told me <clears throat> very early in our relationship um uh, as uh, as as uh, you were an early partner at that time maybe 2 th- 3 years uh, in your partner tenure and i was a junior associate we were serving a client and you had sat me down in a hotel lobby when we were doing a workshop for one of our clients for their 2020 vision this is 2012 oh i was assuming right and you told me that chantanu you will <clears throat> likely leave mckinsey uh, at the 4 or 5 year point and in my mind i disagreed with you i could not have disagreed with you stronger because after 6 years i was in nit nagpur then i was in iim lucknow both colleges where i had aimed for iit ended up at iit and everyone around me was the same smart but had punched below their weight a little bit by a small amount not a large then gave cat again aimed for ahmedabad bangalore calcutta landed up in lucknow again smart group of peers but every, not a single person in either of these institutes had admits to an iit or abc and had chosen to be there they had landed up there because mikin was the first time where i felt i'm punching at my weight and i'd never wanted to let that feeling go also because my younger brother would would was in law he was at iit bombay then was at stanford so he was kind of pedigreeing it through for the first time i felt that i'm at par in my parents eyes in my family's eyes so i never wanted to let that go but you saw something or you experienced some trend or something you saw which said i will leave what what was that you know i think this is again going to seem very weird so i have always had a fascination for i am lucknow okay because i always feel exactly what you said you know people who take the cat don't aim to get into i am lucknow correct you always say i want to get into a b or c but i land up in l now what do i do it's like uh, you know you can either choose to be or fate gave me a lemon let me make a lemonade out of it but i have always found that people in from i am lucknow uh want to like give it even better they want to show the a b and c saying we can be better than you and i saw that i mean look at our other colleague mridul arora correct who's was i am lucknow i worked with him he's a phenomenal investor at uh, elevation uh, capital rajat dhawan the mckinsey india head is i am lucknow correct so if you go out take that trend no every i am l person i have worked with i have always found to be spectacular okay so that is what and you are doing you know your level best okay everything you are you are the only one i knew in my team who knew the name of the watchman the driver and the ceo yeah. so your ability to transcend organizations was always very clear and you told me a very interesting habit of yours you used to write letters to everybody from bill gates to barack obama <laughs> to god knows who i'm like who does this why do you even write they are never going to respond back but for you it was a habit you had built which i just found to be very different so you never tried to impress by problem solving okay you just solved the problem you never tried to say you never tried to claim credit you always gave credit and some of those things i just said look this guy at some stage and i knew your family background where you know your father had shifted from a very stable corporate job and he took risks so i was sure that you know at some stage you're going to get bitten by the but again i think mckinsey is a phenomenal place but there are even more spectacular things that one can do which i think my 
first investment has shown to be correct <laughs> with so you you're financing my kids education so i've told them they can aspire for better <laughs> not i am lucknow <laughs> no but you you uh, you never first of all you can i don't think you can finance your kids education through bombay shaving company stock until we go public so but you are one of the very few investors who has not sold a single share despite multiple uh cajoling requests from my side to allow other investors to come in but yeah. at at <clears throat> in my mind when investors have that kind of faith and belief that i don't want to sell ever until i need the money and at that point in time i'll let you know it's a very conflicting thing for me because i want to tactically close the round and yeah. structure it but in my mind i'm like wow someone like toshan has such belief that wants to hold and stay then then we are doing something but right but it's nothing to do with belief it has to do all with the see i don't need liquidity ha ah. so that's taken care of if i needed liquidity that was one thing but if you invest very early the worst thing you should do if something is successful is sell it because you get a 6x return <laughs> you stay on somebody who comes in at that point is going to make a 200x return <laughs> when the concept is proven correct so just the risk return is if an entity you invest early is doing well you should never sell you should then hold on to it <laughs> and all the vcs as a part of cap table cleanup are going to push you to sell you are going to have to say if it's not in the contract i am not going to sell <laughs> if it's doing well yeah and it is you know and that's why i double down because if okay. you know something is doing well why sell you should just double down on it because the risk return is disproportionate correct disproportionate so the only reason is if a founder is under like compulsion and then requests me saying no please do it and because the vc firm is arm twisting that is the only reason i would do for li- on liquidity of course but thank god i will never i don't think i'll need liquidity to sell but uh, that's what i mean people who make the real money on angel investing are not the ones who sell at 5x or 6x you have to wait till it becomes 1000x which as per your chart i think will happen <laughs> i hope so i really i really hope then uh, asya and ehan can go on to uh, education that is uh, as Cheers. as 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 exorbitant as they wanted to be uh, but coming to uh, and i'll come to the vc part and your investing philosophy in a, in a bit <clears throat> but you did something similar in your at the same tenure at mckinsey which is to leave and i met by the way <clears throat> This is a brief story, but um, Ramesh Mangaleshwaran called me up one day and said, "Hey, I'm coming to Delhi, uh, and can you uh, can we do dinner?" I said, "Sure, let's let's catch up for dinner." Uh, when I was at 17th, Marie will organize. He said, "No, no, you and I will only organize. We don't need a third person to organize dinner with anyone." He said, "Hey, come, do it. Can you call some McKinsey alums?" I said, "Which McKinsey alums?" He's like, "All the people who you think are cool. Get them together." I said, "Ramesh, I have a dinner on 18th." Uh, sorry, I have a board meeting on 18th, so 17th for dinner to throw a big party might be a little tricky. He said, "No, no, yar, 17th there, not 18th. I'm asking for 17th dinner." So I said, "Okay." He was also a boss, so I could not say no <laughs> beyond the point. I said, "Okay." I was like, "Look, Ramesh, if if you are ready to sponsor <clears throat> a party for me and my friends, more than happy. It's on your dime." He said, like, "No, no, it's on your dime on my time." <laughs> I said, wow. "Okay." So in that party, Ramesh told me about how. you um uh, you were uh being coaxed by the partnership to stay back uh, when you had left um and in a very similar like you went on to you went on to join investing uh you know blue chip bulge bracket private equity fund 
but uh, is is was what what was that and like i just want to kind of double click on your career a little bit and also go to the early parts of what that one paper article on salary in mckinsey and how that pushed you as a seventh standard kid but talk about this this leaving mckinsey at the four year point now you have done your research so uh, <laughs> which was not one of her strong points but uh, still i think that uh, good good it has changed see i think to me the whole philosophy of life is regret minimization if i think about something for 3 months if it just doesn't let me sleep kar do because what is the downside so that time i said look i same tenure as yours i felt you know this private equity seemed like a good thing i like investing let me join and see what happens and there are several things which i learned from that experience some of my mentors had done a similar thing so i said let's try it but i realized what i love is a global experience and private equity essentially is a very local game you have to go very deep and that's why i actually then decided to come back to mckinsey okay which was also not usual in those days because there was a whole thing of you left only once kind of thing but the firm was quite uh, um you know nice enough to take me back and then i had another 14 15 years with the firm but my whole philosophy is and uh, ramesh knows it very well is if i start think and i will do the craziest things possible okay so you know in uh, mckinsey i said okay let me go to indonesia not many people want to go there let me start the sri lanka office this the country is a very small country like why would you do sri lanka okay uh even now uh, i do on like very crazy stuff on mountaineering and so on so because i just feel that we live only once uh and you cannot live life in hindsight Just take the risk what's the worst you uh, you know you will end up even if you're ending up at that same place the experience that you have got the learnings and you know for me it's not just return on time it's a fun on time invested okay it is not just return on time roti to ho jayega Okay, 40 is a very important concept. If I don't enjoy what I'm doing, it doesn't matter. And has that is that something that has evolved over a period of time? The 40 versus roti. It's very interesting, by the way. These are terms I'm hearing for the first time, but I also planned for this. <laughs> uh, no, so I think see, there is a certain bare minimum, quote unquote, monetary wealth that you need because without that you cannot take the risks, or at least somebody like me cannot take that risk. But once that is done, what do you do? because uh, you know money can go up and down time goes only one way okay time wow. doesn't go in reverse so wow and uh, i know that i think about it right we are talking right now we are spending time it should always be like this is the best thing that i could have done for my time correct okay. now i may get uh, and one of my one of our mutual friends faridun <laughs> has this convincing there is financial income and there is psychic income okay if you don't and psychic income comes through the colleagues you work with If you're always stressed, it's never going to be. Because remember, the one hour your salary comes once a month. What you do for the twenty-nine other days is what matters for your happiness. But it's not easy to think like this, am I there? It's a it's a training. It's a muscle you build to think, and you need a certain amount of luxury in terms of maturity, stability, and self-confidence to be. Would you Would you think a twenty-five Would Would a twenty-five-year-old? Let me no. switch the question. Would a twenty-five-year-old? No, I don't think a twenty-five-year-old. could or should because 25 year old could either sort of go all in double down because they have time on their side okay they have time on their side remember think about it they may not have the money but they have time so even if they fail they can always restart again okay a 45 year old with a mortgage debt with ex kids having to pay 
the risk appetites are very different correct so i think you just need to balance your life situation now a 45 year old who's got his basics covered who's got what i call as safety assets safety assets are done no to tum jo bhi karna hai karo na it's your time who can stop you i think the best thing that can happen to you is you have the freedom to select your time what do you do with your time if somebody controls your time then it's not worth it as amazing i met our uh, common friend aniket nikum recently ah. aniket nikum was was a very interesting human being early on in his career kind of right because super high on intellect but did not go to college and just cleared cscfa was just brilliant at cracking exam but socially had not had the hostel experience college experience and so on but it's amazing to see how he has evolved and become like this really smart guy but he told me that <clears throat> there will be very few times in life where time energy and money will all be at global maxima but i actually think it never happens so i have a exactly on that on time money and health so instead of energy i say this so when you are very young you have health and time but hmm. no money correct okay very old you have money and time but your health is tottering correct and the interim you know you are time is not available correct. for you because money is there health is there yeah. but you know time for what you want so i think if you can get that triangle right that time money and health yeah. and anikrit called it energy it could be whatever but you get that triangle right you will live the life that you want to that is it's amazing actually for me because <clears throat> i remember being with you at for for weird reasons or call it serendipity at interesting moments in in your in your life i was there with you when vivek called you up and told you that your senior partnership had come through and i was there with you only for that one or one and a half hours in the evening where we had come to have poha with you and deepthi and you had got the call in that one and a half hours itself for me making senior partner at mckinsey was a life changing thing i would have expected for you to have been over the moon and all of that but you your response to that was that this was anyways going to happen uh and it is one step more towards me doing what i want to do which is after 40 i will uh, you know kind of do my own thing and retire that clarity is quite incredible how how, how does that happen like do you start thinking about this consciously at some point in time so you know obviously maybe i was a good actor <laughs> to have uh, seen that whole nonchalance and calm and centeredness i don't think it's that way See, i but i also think you no know, when you are wanting something okay the chase is always gives us all humans a more high than when it actually happens because when it actually happens you are like now what now what because yeah. uh and it it also happens you know when you're climbing for a mountain because i do a lot of mountain, mountain. peaks and all the, the training the preparation that's the phenomenal thing because on the peak you are there only for 5 minutes or huh. you'll freeze so you have to come down you <laughs> do your photo op smiley selfie uh, sometimes you need proofs that you have actually summited so you need to there are certain ways you do that but then you are down and then it's back to the normal thing that you have to do so i actually think that the journey the training the preparation the wanting for it is where you have actually lived it whether you get it or not that's not in your hands it's not in your hands that's the, that's what people say about love also right the idea of love far supersedes love itself yeah which is why the the chase is more important so doshanna <clears throat> wanted to kind of uh <clears throat> i remember you told me about the article in the newspaper around around uh, a salary uh, of uh, one of your neighbors uh, in his first job which 
took you down a path that was very rigidly decided and committed on by you very early in your life talk about talk about that and how it shaped you okay, by the way he, a, that person was not a neighbor <laughs> uh, i just read in the india today uh, it just had uh, all these people standing in various poses with suits and ties and and it just <clears throat> spoke about the starting salaries uh-huh. from uh, iims and all and i told my father that you know look this guy is getting paid so much so my father looked at it and said do you want to meet him how much was the salary 3 lakhs per year <laughs> okay this three is what 1995 92 1992 okay so like 3 lakhs per year or it was 30 40000 a month or maybe it was slightly more huh. in that range and how old were you uh, i was just 10 standard so maybe 15, 15 or 16 huh. so my father said uh, yeah i think we can meet this guy i know where he stays <laughs> so my father called my uncle who rang who was my uncle was his neighbor huh. so he rang him up and he said yeah come and meet so essentially i don't remember much of that conversation but that guy told me if you want to earn this money go to podar college <laughs> go take take commerce go to iim join mckinsey <laughs> so i just remember those three things because you know law of least effort <laughs> you know i am a very lazy person so this this is the only three things to do he said yeah only three things to do i did the same went to podar college <laughs> went to iim joined mckinsey that was the simplest path so if you know somebody tells me look this is the easiest way to get something done then why struggle <laughs> you know the first thing of problem solving is avoid the problem no why do you have to solve it if you can avoid it so if that was the goal <laughs> fastest way to reach it so i asked him and he's a great friend rishikesh parandekar huh. so uh, and he still remembers the conversation i remember very bit i said oh, i only remembered the three institutions you told me about wow that's amazing and <clears throat> uh, at any point did you feel that you wanted to waver out go to banking you are obviously very good with numbers there was a time when uh, i banking etc would have probably been an option but you kept your uh, eye of the parrot was clear no so the summers in i am amdabad where uh, now of course is different 22 years later but in our times uh, consulting firms didn't come for summers so okay that's when i actually had joined uh, a bank investment bank do credit derivative structuring in london and um, there uh, you know i like the world of numbers i mean i still very comfortable i work a lot with banks incidentally the distance at which you and i are sitting now was the distance at which uh, anshu jain's cabin was so anshu jain uh, was the head of that desk in uh, deutsche bank and then he went on to be the global ceo so it was to me the highlight of the summer was seeing anshu jain and then playing cricket because he was a very great cricket uh, fan correct uh, but i realized that just numbers 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 and that's when the whole discussion on money because that you can get but uh, banking makes it boring in my view just doing the same structuring again and again as opposed to working across industries solving things and that's why it reinforces the thing to uh, do consulting so you said okay fine you wanted to do the banking you did the banking uh, some was no option no the option would have been some other fmcg or something huh. where again the whole monetary <coughs> thing played a lot because an international and uh, so on so i was like are london mein kaam kar rahe to acha hai but uh, final placements at ahmedabad were tricky that year for Very many reasons because we had uh, the earthquake and the godhra riots so lot of firms backed out only investment banks came uh, mckinsey didn't come bcg didn't come and uh, all investment banks because they had flown from tokyo london singapore the night before they were there when the riots broke the next morning amdabad was shut the city was 
up in flames literally and um, all the innocent bank said ki we'll give you an offer if you sign off and you have this process which is a very gun to your head uh, yeah. sign and then you are out of the system i said why the institute doesn't force me to do this i want to still see if i can get into a consulting thing and they said but mckinsey bcg others are not even there and i said theek and i will play my uh, thing there so everybody rejected me so at the end of the first day of placements i had no job are you serious i had zero jobs then bcg actually called us to uh, mumbai and i couldn't crack the bcg first round case also so i was eliminated from bcg also and there was no clarity whether mckinsey will come to campus or not okay and mckinsey then mckinsey had this whole thing of you know so many of the good candidates have gone away we will not come because we unless we see the best we will not do it and also it's a you know is a right thing from mckinsey standpoint i was like theek hai abhi nahi hai to nahi hai we'll do something else and mckinsey came and they took only one candidate that year normally these is mckinsey takes like 30 15 it's almost like you don't need you need a bus to accommodate but that time they took only one and uh, some reason they selected me wow it was a very in hindsight it makes for a great story living it it's very stressful because it would have, it would have been over a period of time also yeah, four four weeks four wow. weeks when everybody in campus is celebrating partying you are like ha yaar theek hai nahi hai abhi kya kya kare that unique right nahi hai to nahi hai there is a campus where there is celebrating and partying and then there is a city where which is Burn. rioting and then there is you who is wants to do one thing but doesn't want to do the other and then has to wait for i food. think you know who knows maybe it was that's where i just believe it maybe it was serendipity and so on because in that fraction i could have fallen prey and said yes i will do banking i could have but for some strange reason to me it was more like they were telling me to do something which was not a part of the rule i will not do it and they said okay we cannot because what they the banks didn't do is they didn't make a formal offer then Correct. If they make a formal offer, they have to keep it valid for that much time till I play my dream and so on. So that the, the campus rules then as of today are also very restrictive in that sense. Wow! But tell me about McKinsey. You spent half your life there in some shape or form. Eighteen years, yeah. You started offices. You led a global private equity practice. You uh, were responsible for people like me leaving. <laughs> so uh, how? how sum that up for me a little bit because that's an institution that i hold in the deepest respect uh, much to the chagrin of a lot of people here who say this is not mckinsey why do you keep giving examples of mckinsey it is not and they have to like beat it out of me a little bit but it stays and it was my first job as it was yours but tell me about what 20 years there meant to you and how how it was like i think mckinsey is a fantastic club okay membership into that club is desired by folks uh, because of what it stands for and uh, so on and uh, i think in terms of its global thing i think mckinsey has given me the confidence that work today in india tomorrow in africa third day in mexico it's fine i mean uh, i just don't think the the place and location matters your ability to understand people cultures uh, communications i think uh, outside of mckinsey now i see most of the time i'm like what are you talking of you know just just get to the point people do this jalebi method of communication uh, you are like i'm waiting 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 kuch to bolo what is relevant but mckinsey you learn the pyramid principles you learn how to be very articulate you learn stakeholder management in life you don't have one stakeholder you have to balance so many considerations so and being able to do that with 
very interesting intellectual problem so mckinsey gives you the ability to work in with regulators on one side startup unicorns on the third you can uh, take a public policy issue and you can go deep into it you have so much freedom and flexibility that you really develop yourself to the fullest of course there are things like legal compliance which you never learn in mckinsey okay that's the thing you know and uh, mckinsey is very purist it's white or black uh, but you at least learn the purest form of communication purest form of problem solving how do you build a culture it is not possible i mean today the age of a fortune <clears throat> 500 company is like 9 years correct so you cannot more than and mckinsey stayed on and has become even more coveted in that sense uh, since it was started in 1926 correct it's a 100 year so old business almost going to get to 100 years and you don't and look at any 100 year institution all of them have the secret sauce j and j uh, ibm mckinsey colgate colgate so you cannot become a global institution without your specialness and i think to me mckinsey the specialness is mckinsey realizes that the only assets like bombay shaving company you have a brand but you're also giving a product mckinsey's product is the outstanding people it has and not only in mckinsey but outside you know all of us are great fans of mckinsey correct it's amazing how how powerful mckinsey is for alums more than it is for current people like Phenomenal. current employees of of mckinsey phenomenal uh tell me a little bit about uh, about about the kind of ceos and i wanted to really go deeper on this with you toshan just because of one is of course your breadth of experience across multiple axes right geography um industries as an investor through private equity um you've seen ceos of multiple companies who invest in founders but on the former on ceos and we have had discussions about good ceos and great ceos but in your mind um break that down a little bit in terms of what really take it takes to make a good ceo a great one or a good leader into a great leader of people so i think um good leader manages okay a great leader leads okay and uh, it's almost like saying uh, you know you're attributing uh, or maybe uh, step back. i think a great leader is obsessed okay he's obsessed with getting things done but he's not and in my view great leader is no the cost of the last branch thing and we'll have a view on the five year industry it's almost like one eye has the microscope other eye has a telescope okay and it is very dizzying when you have to deal with a cafeteria issue and the next day you're meeting the president of the country on similar topics but great leaders are able to transcend that they are able to compartmentalize good leaders of course will get there i mean good leaders manage they understand stakeholders uh, great leaders know where to play very well how to play is tactics great leaders focus on strategy okay you get where to play right how to play happens and one of my best things is you know 2011 i had looked at this the difference between where to play and how to play because to me somebody then i used to see ceos who were working very hard they were great at people great at xyz and yet the results were not as where whereas there were a few people who got their where to play right so i did this analysis in sports okay roger federer at that time was the number one tennis player some people still think he is hmm. but uh, not statistically yeah. 
So, Roger, what was Roger Federer's annual income that time? I'm assuming 25 billion, 15 to 25 million, 50 million dollars. Okay. Give or take. So, price plus endorsements. Okay, price. Okay. The number 10 player in the world at that time was a guy called Juan Del Potro. Correct. Okay. Juan Martin, the Argentinian. Argentinian. Uh, so, what was his income at that time? 120th. Take a number, na. I mean, you're going to three million, two million. It was fifteen million. Huh. Okay. Now take out tennis. Go to the next five racket sports: table tennis, badminton, squash, lacrosse. Take the number one player in those uh, um, games. What is their average of their uh, incomes? We below Juan Martin Del Potro, I'm assuming. That is given, but <laughs> what is the number? Uh, number one in squash, table tennis, badminton. A million to two million a year. Nine hundred thousand dollars. Huh. So now you think of it and say, hard work. Does a number one badminton guy work any less hard than Federer does? No. Is he less committed than Federer? Is he less sacrificing than Federer? Absolutely not. He's doing the same thing. Now, what explains the gap between fifty and say one million? Round up the thing. Yeah. It is, is not to that. Play. It is not that the Federer is a great player. <clears throat> that gap is only three point two times. That's the gap between Del Potro and Federer. Federer, correct. Okay. The real gap is the 15 times delta that's there between the number Table one guy. Table tennis and the, tennis. And uh, Juan Del Potro. So if you get your where to play right, and that's where great CEOs really understand where to play. Now that where to play could be a niche which they uncover, or it is like you know in many countries, including India, if there is a license to be given. My view is just take it. Great leaders don't wait for business plans. They know the value of a license because license creates a moat. Creates a regulatory moat. So get the license, and you'll figure out the business plan. Correct. Okay. So to me, that's that's very important. Great leaders don't. They are very happy doing the same boring things again and again. Okay. You see, and people are like, you know, and now this is good leaders also, but like not so good leaders always need the next big project or next new thing. You know that doesn't like 3M. Somebody was telling me the other day that 3M makes you know, a post-it. Anybody can copy a post-it. Correct. No? Adhesive tapes and filaments, <clears throat> linings. Those are the easiest things to copy. And yet nobody's been able to copy that from 3M. Correct. Because people think of each category as too small, unattractive, the unsexy stuff. The great leaders are willing to keep at it for years, and then the power of compounding, the power of various things takes over. That's incredible. The where you're absolutely right, and even Ashish spoke about this at length. And of course, in the lending context, which is unglamorous, unsexy things, is where value pools absolutely. are actually large. Because he's like, if you're a food tech founder, you will twenty thousand people will want to get into food tech because everyone eats pizza and biryani, right. and everyone wants to order. But if you think about steel. Nobody knows what it is. <laughs> You're like steel. That's an old age. Correct. So the less people think about a topic, no, the better your chances of succeeding in that industry are. So if people say Bombay Shaving Company, oh, but there is always Gillette. There is X Y Z. They are too big. Correct. I think that is the first sign that anybody who cracks that thing is going to actually make it uh, big. Correct. Large value pool, right? And uh, today, if you see consolidating waves, right? Today is just sale. Jindal and uh, and Tata Steel and Tata Steel is like at forty 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 five thousand crores of EBIT. What a business! What an incredible business! Just because they get one thing right over and over and over again. But it's hard, right, for a CEO. And it's something I struggle with personally is to get into the weeds of detail 
एंड हैव अ थ्री टू फाइव ईयर स्ट्रेटेजिक मैंडेट विच टू द टीम एंड आई कैन प्रॉब्ली डू इंडिविजुअली बोथ ऑफ दीज टू अ डिसेंट लेवल आई कैन नॉट डू बोथ ऑफ दम टूगेदर एंड मूव बिटवीन दैम एज ईजली वॉट इज दैट मसल एंड हु हैव यू सीन प्रैक्टिस दैट और वील दैट मसल और फ्लेक्स इट इन इन अ वेरी गुड वे सी आई थिंक दर इज ऑल्सो एन एलिमेंट ऑफ कॉम्प्लीमेंटेरिटी whether it's co-founders leadership teams and can the ceo really have somebody who can be the alter ego okay who can complement it in that sense because you need somebody to you know somebody is like you can't drive a car only with a accelerator growth and vision and so on you need accelerator brake and the rear view mirror front mirror you need all of those things to work so in a team uh, and edward de bono did this very brilliantly he you know he structured it very well in the thinking hacks where you do you do have somebody who's saying guys there's always risk now hmm. if you only have the risk guy run of the show you will never uh, be able to grow but if you have only growth you're going to make mistakes correct so how does the ceo complement himself is he self aware and some of the best ceos are actually quite self aware saying look i need you to do x okay the iconic example where you had steve jobs and then you have tim cook and your johnny ivy so johnny ivy was design creative somebody looking at saying forget design and all kitna mein banta hai how to reduce that <laughs> so you need somebody who's constantly thinking customer experience somebody who's thinking cost and how do you balance uh, those things out and the the great ceos are the ones who complement themselves such that uh, otherwise the biggest risk is the ceo himself this the ceo cannot take a vacation wow what have you seen great ceos take shitty decisions always happens give me an example they, of a client situation or something someone close to you yeah the lack of not being sued <laughs> not having gag orders not having all of those so censor appropriately yeah censor appropriately uh is uh, thing see it's also the decisions and maybe i'll just generalize a bit is you know you have ceos just enter certain industries because you just said ki you know everybody is doing it okay and in today's day and age when the ceo is even if the ceo didn't want to board members are asking why are we not in this <laughs> constantly people are sending him messages some company does well in the us saying guys we should be diversifying and so on <laughs> ceos often feel pressurized correct okay and they, it's almost like saying maine bhi kar diya the ceo's heart is not there in it so bad decisions happen when the ceo is doing it for managing and for other reasons or there is a superman complex okay you're saying i have done this in the past or it's like you know i have been successful and you just say nobody succeeded now nine times out of 10 when nobody has succeeded there is a valid reason one time out of 10 you will actually go and disrupt the thing okay so are you in the nine times bracket or the one time bracket is a very thin line right the percentages are against you so i have seen uh, people do market entries completely wrong okay and you had a whole bunch of uh, people like the first wave of venture capital investments in india Okay, was completely shitty because it was all like all opportunities going to go up. People didn't really have business models to make money, and you hoped that then if you did investment attack, somebody else would come and you know price it upwards, and everybody lost their money. So, but the same people who did those mistakes have gone on to improve and learn from it. So, so to me, it is not just about making the mistake. I think mistakes you have to make. I mean, if, if you haven't made enough mistakes, then you haven't really pushed yourself but have you corrected adequately for it and in time so i have this whole thing of fail the failure faster 
Okay. Okay. Can you fail the failure faster? they've made mistakes i think business mistakes i think ceos by virtue of industry experience and there's so many other stakeholder uh, issues they will not make those mistakes they make mistakes on people either by sort of uh, not getting as connected on the culture side or making themselves indispensable to me that's a other issue because there was always growing up for a long time there was this whole thing of an iconic ceo correct okay iconic who could do <clears throat> no wrong who would walk into boardrooms and media stuff and uh, so on with the same elan and it was almost like if he ate if he had kingfisher beer everybody would want to have kingfisher beer <laughs> correct, because correct. the whole thing was maybe there is something secret there that if i <laughs> imitate it role modeling in all the all the irrelevant all things. the irrelevant matters you are you are role modeling uh and i think it's not that st- uh, style of leadership because and time is a great equalizer so all of those ceos uh, you know mckinsey wrote this book of good to great uh-huh. and if you track all the ceos and the companies after 20 years many of those companies don't even exist they have had spectacular failures why because you're also measuring a ceo's greatness at a point in time correct okay. and everybody wants to retire on a high and nobody wants after that everyone to say मैं तो था नहीं ना किसी और ने ले लिया करेक्ट नो बट दैट्स वेर आई ऑल्सो थिंक दैट फाउंडर मीन पीपल द शेयर होल्ड ओनर सीईओज आर एक्चुअली मोर थॉटफुल बिकॉज इट इज देयर मनी ओके इट इज देयर मनी बिकॉज एवरीथिंग इज लाइक यू नो इट अफेक्ट्स डायरेक्टली एंड ऑल्सो देयर होराइजन इज अ वेरी लॉन्ग टर्म होराइजन अ प्रोफेशनल सीईओ हैज एडवांटेजेस बट हिज होराइजन इज हिज टेन्योर करेक्ट एंड यू हैव टू मैक्सिमाइज द टेन्योर यू हैव टू मैक्सिमाइज द थिंग्स ड्यूरिंग दैट पीरियड ऑफ टाइम and you are maximizing for metrics correct the great ceos don't maximize for metrics because if you are maximizing for a metric then you are very very short term you are actually uh, you just maximize for long term value creation and value defined very loosely deliberately you can have short term metrics but not long term only toward those two but and i you make an interesting point i have seen both in the founder construct early stage growth stage near public and public and of course mckinsey clients large leaders who are you know kind of uh, um 30% share of the category and so on both ceos are under short term pressure more than they are under long term pressure public markets because of quarterly earnings especially in the us and you will always have some goldman analyst asking 20 questions which are irrelevant so you are solving for that and founders because hey uh, who is the when am i going to pass the next next bag of valuation to uh, to the next investor so is are those decisions a function of environment and then how have you seen ceos who are able to whether professional or or or, or promoter have you seen ceos who are, who are able to soak in that pressure and then do what's right for the company i think you need to be thick skinned okay the ceo job is a extremely tough job extremely tough job and you're very a you're very lonely because your whisper will become a scream so you can't say oh i'm too stressed <laughs> you say that as a ceo too stressed everybody will be like 
लिंक्डइन पे नेक्स्ट रेज्यूमे कैसे डालू बिकॉज बॉस स्ट्रेस्ड है करेक्ट यू कैन नॉट सो यू हैव टू ऑलवेज द परसेप्शन यू हैव टू गिव द इमोशन यू हैव टू कम्युनिकेट इट्स अ वेरी वेरी हाई स्ट्रेसफुल थिंग एंड आई ऑलवेज एंड एन वी सी योजना यू फॉर दैट मैडम इन यू आर ऑलवेज स्माइलिंग हैप्पी आई एम श्योर यू हैव ट्वेंटी प्रॉब्लम्स देर आई थिंक इफ यू आर नॉट थिक स्किन यू शुड नॉट बी अ सी ओ यू कैन बी एन एडवाइजर यू कैन बी अ बिजनेस लीडर यू कैन बी वॉट एवर एल्स बट अ सी ओ इज एवरी एक्शन इज गोइंग टू बी स्क्रूटिनाइज्ड बाय क्रिटिक्स लाइक मी यू आर गोइंग टू से दोज थ्री थिंग्स आर गुड बट दोज टू ना वो तुमको बेटर करना था हियर आर टू एग्जाम्पल्स ऑफ वॉट यू शुड हैव डन इट्स वेरी इजी टू टू डू दैट बट आई थिंक इफ थिक स्किननेस इज वन थिंग एंड यू नीड टू बी एबल टू शट ऑफ ओके यू कैन नॉट शट ऑफ बाय डूइंग नथिंग That's why I actually think of CEOs. You need to have some hobby, some other passion. CEOs who are on different boards, uh, because you have to have a life, okay, outside. Because that's the only way you will have a valve, which will actually take some of these stresses off you, and it will get you to do the right thing. Okay, so Brad Pitt. Now I don't know how true it is or not. Uh, and people may again say Brad Pitt is not the right example. He hasn't done as many hit movies. But Brad Pitt's point was he does a movie for. Three four years he will do one movie and then take a break for two three years. Yeah. Okay, he said you just if you are constantly on the treadmill, you don't get time to reflect. You don't get time to see. So for a CEO, he can't do what a Brad Pitt does by like oh I'm going to go away, <laughs> but he needs time off. He needs time to recharge, rejuvenate, refresh, and reflect on uh, what happened. It's like you know, CEO is constantly on the dance floor. Okay, he's dancing, dancing, dancing. People are clicking, clicking, clicking. You need to get on the balcony and then analyze what you did. If you don't do that, you will never be a better dancer. You need to do something else also. People underestimate the value of rejuvenation and recharging and taking a step back. And you're right; it's it's a hugely dichotomous role to be a CEO because you're always in conflict. Inside, you're worried. There are twenty risks that you are you have seen before everyone else. there are um uh there the it's like the captain of the titanic who knows there are 20 icebergs right you know it but you know that your company will never reach full potential if it is scared you have to be swinging for the fences at every level whether it's a sales force professional a marketing executive uh your chief operating officer everyone has to be swinging for the fences they can never do that if they feel that we are going to hit an iceberg So for you, you have to be outwardly deeply positive, optimistic, and not not in an inauthentic way, in a yeah, very authentic, genuine way. Through the inauthentic uh, behavior, very clearly. But inside, you are screwed. Like yes, yes. <laughs> the, the stress is is massive. This time we had a board meeting. It was not. We had we for the first time in seven quarters we did not track to plan. We wow. missed our we missed our plan by five percent, five or seven percent. Um, the board meeting was one where our board. Had to cheerlead us a little bit and say, "Hey guys, it's okay. We have grown two and a half x over the same quarter last year. It's not as pessimistic as you are making it out to be, but you're right. A whisper becomes a scream because I know that in the last one month the company has been under a lot of stress. Hence, going for an offsite. Hence, taking people out, reflecting. Sri Ram Kalyana Raman is coming and doing a long term session on death, which wow. is when you are on your deathbed. What is your state of mind?" and hence how does that reflect in the best work you will do today and then forcefully get people to have a long term view in a environment that is very short term driven uh, but it's damn hard man 
it's damn hard and uh, but that's the the pleasure of being a ceo the joy uh, the empowerment that you get uh, as a ceo but it comes with its um, uh, there's no free lunch or free beer <laughs> uh, but uh, but i think ceos are able to sort of manage that and i think the key thing which i've seen is can they pass on that a bit of that sense of ceo ship to the others okay because all of that says why should, why is it there because they have the cockpit view but the company is not just theirs and that's where you know people who have been able to create that shared sense of ownership it is also my company okay it is not like you know the worst thing is mera problem nahi hai ye kisi aur ka problem hai kisi aur ne kiya hai but agar if it is your company if you are the helm what what decision would you do and it is would you that, that's ceo who is actually you know if people decide things as if they were the ceo they had that sense of ownership i think ceo's job is one fourth done because he doesn't have to constantly worry that's another thing from mckinsey because you always were told that you know there are no rules correct if you think it is a right thing and you can justify to yourself and then to somebody else go ahead and do it nobody will stop you so that sense distilling <clears throat> that sense of ownership and empowerment along with the corresponding obligations think that if the ceo can achieve i think is phenomenal tell me about this uh, and i you know we were exchanging notes about about this discussion one thing that caught my eye mind on uh, caught my eye on the ceo skill set was the chess player versus badminton player analogy w- what is that about so i always think that a ceo has to be able to play chess and you know gary kasparov has written a phenomenal book called life imitates chess okay okay uh, and given kasparov's grandmastership and then he tried to become like change the russian system and uh, what is the efforts and he said the, the simplest level chess is not just about move to move very amateur players play move to move saying today's problem solve it huh. badminton i have a shot after i have to hit it huh. okay the game a point in badminton can be finished in the next shot itself correct so all you are doing is trying to hit fast hit early close chess and especially with when the adversaries are reasonably equal i mean if you have a you know international master against a, so the, the ratings if you have somebody is 2000 rated and somebody who is 1200 rated the game will get over but it will not get over as fast as a badminton game correct would. between the same skill yeah yeah so the even skill gap so the chess game is you have to think ahead you have to develop the opening is a very different thing from a middle to the end game and so on similarly for a ceo and by the way in chess you have like okay is my left side of my queen side my king side what are my pawns doing what are my horses where is my rook how is the placement happening and the market unlike chess where there's only one opponent here you have many opponents sometimes you don't even know if their opponents are not <laughs> friends become opponents opponent becomes friends and life is different but from a ceo standpoint he's looking at marshaling resources figuring out where advantage can be obtained badminton is all about the power shots it's all about making the court to court coverage and creating advantage and you will win in two shots correct ceos cannot win in two shots there <clears> is no one thing that they can do which will disrupt and change things you have to get people right then you get manufacturing then you get investors then you get the market then you have the regulator then you the government when you have so many things to do it's like a board of chess a ceo's one action you do something on the people side suddenly you have some other problem the person leaves joins your competitor does something else you have a legal issue on your hand to think about the ramifications of every move that you do and unless you can think ahead okay you're always going to be reacting okay and the best ceos know that you know this is what i want to do 2 years from now 
so what do i need to do today what do i need to do you know in the next month how do i motivate this person this person is not ready yet i need to get him or her ready what do i do or maybe i need to change his function he's always on sales let me put him in hr now a good ceo will say nahi nahi specialization ko use karte hai wo sales hai na usko sales karne do na acha salesman banega great says no no i actually need this person to do something else x years later because he is a prized asset for the company he is a prized resource for me i want him to succeed so he needs to learn this dimension okay so how do i move so you are moving different now i don't want to get hammered by saying it's not like everybody is a pawn <laughs> but you are playing with your advantages you have your in chess every position that you start with not the starting but you will have some advantages and some weaknesses Correct. every company will have it every ceo he needs to realize where is my weakness okay the, the how easily can that be exploited you will keep working you will keep developing you will keep developing and you are always putting yourself in a position of success in gary kasparov says one thing he says at the grandmaster level all it takes is one pawn difference to close the game because if you have a one pawn you will just exchange everything you have two kings and one pawn one and pawn it's a generally a good grandmaster will get a victory so between two well positioned adversaries smallest weaknesses actually will become big gaps so you look at if you are like uh, you realize this If a plane has to go from Bombay to Delhi, you change that angle by three and a half degrees, you will end up in Kolkata. Correct. Because that same gap will get exploited over time, and that's what CEOs, great CEOs, they are thinking ahead and they think backwards from the thing that they want over time. Amazing. I I don't know whether you've read Erapali Prasanna's autobiography, the off spinner yeah, yeah, from no, many no, years no, back. I haven't. I haven't. <clears throat> so very similar. You assume that cricket is a spiky sport, right? It's like badminton. Yeah. That unlike, of course, test matches are different, but it is a spike when the ball is bowled and field played and fielded. But other than that, then the game kind of continues. Like there's a minute or two of kind of field placement, and then the next ball is bowled. Erabali Prasanna used to plan up till fifteen to eighteen balls into right. his spell, and typically he would know that his tenth to twelfth ball is where he has the maximum chance of getting a wicket because. and he like this i think patodi or someone had said his captain had said that prasanna would be livid if a run was given away on the 8th or 9th ball because the batsman he was planning for would now not be on strike beyond the beyond the other side and yeah and if the batsman was on strike and his plan till the 9th ball was tracked he would know the way of dismissal he would say that on the 4th ball of my 3rd over of the spell I'm going to get this guy cotton bowled. So on the second and third ball, don't give a single away. If it's the other batsman on strike, give a single away. Put the field to the back. It's wow. amazing how when when people develop excellence in their are in their chosen pursuit um, or, or chosen uh, you know field, field, the extent to which that that becomes like the smallest detail that they are very passionate about is it's, it's obsess over this the smallest detail actually makes a huge difference huge huge difference and again since we are on sports and elapali prasanna and federer let me throw in a controversial huh. sportsman whom i admire for different reasons lance armstrong correct okay lance armstrong his first biography which was every second counts correct and that just showed and that you know he said he's worked on everything the kind of clothing you wear to the kind of massage gel you would put to the kind it's of it's the minutest of the minute things which will actually make a big difference 
and so for CEOs, you may almost say that, you know, does the receptionist matter? Have anybody as a receptionist? But Disney actually knows that the employee that Disney focuses on most is, you know, the janitor who's cleaning the parks. So he said, you know what? Janitor is the person who has the maximum interaction with the guests. Come Why? Then. Because they come to the janitor and say, which way is the Cinderella's carousel? Correct. Which way is this? And he says, if that guy says, I don't know. Uh-huh. Or the guy says, this way. In a very different tone because the janitor is sweeping, cleaning. He says, no, the janitor matters because the janitor hey, you want to go to Cinderella? Let me take you around. Okay. Wow. It makes a big difference. Because he said, look, I, otherwise there is nothing to differentiate from one merry-go-round that Disney runs to some merry-go-round which another theme park runs. Disney is all about the story. And his Walt Disney was extremely, and his brother Roy were extremely passionate about the minutest things. And that's what Lance Armstrong did. Very interesting, Toshan, you speak about um, <clears throat> uh, long-term vision, visibility, because when Ashish from Off Business was here a few weeks back, he had a very, very contra- contrary point of view, which was that long-term vision gives comfort to short-term failures. That if I have a bad month, it's okay. I have the full year to go. If I have a bad quarter and I have a three-year vision, I have 11 more quarters to go. So it gives a false sense of complacency if you have. So he measures himself only month on month. In fact, says that China for their infra projects, banking efficiencies or growth, etc. They have actually weekly uh, measurement and every week has to be better than the previous week. And that's the only thing that is uh, important because uh, uh, otherwise you are you are fooling yourself. No, I think it's not that, you know, there is a philosophy or school of thought which says what John Menard Keynes said, that in the long run we are all dead. Okay. Or if I want to justify, I will justify saying, you know, aaj nahi hai, kal ho jayega. Okay, so tomorrow and the future is always better than today and the uh, past. So I think using the future as an excuse is different from saying, unless I know where I have to go, it's like saying if I keep, you know, I'm climbing a wall, I have a ladder. I'm climbing, I'm measuring myself, measuring myself. Okay, now seven ladders, 10 ladders, rungs, 11 rungs, 12 rungs. Suddenly, all the rungs have gone well. And I realize, shit, I'm on the wrong wall itself. And I have to go all the way back down and find the right wall. Yeah. So I do think you need to know where you have to go and which is where the long-term strategic plan is. You are not like uh, meandering your way because metrics are important. You absolutely need to measure yourself. You track yourself. Uh, and you can track yourself what Ashish is doing monthly, weekly, daily, hourly, by the minute. It depends, right? A sprinter for 100 meters is not going to track his progress uh, over a month. He's going to track every run. Eliud Kipchoge, even after this many years, he's like the goat Correct. of all marathon runners. Okay, Every training session, he not only tracks metrics, he tracks his feelings. He tracks how did I feel and he scores himself. I'm saying... If he can do that, so the short term is important, but Eliud Kipchoge does not try and beat every run to be worked because there is a plan. This is a hill run. This is an easy run. This is a rest day. This is, so there is a plan towards all of it because he's speaking for a particular purpose. Every, so it all depends on the context. Number one, long term is not an excuse for the short term uh, failures. If you, you may have failures, but so long as you are learning from those, that's okay. <coughs> But you need to have a plan. 
Now, of course, on the lighter side, as Muhammad Ali said, that everybody has a plan till you get punched in the face. <laughs> Correct. Okay. So yeah, you will recover from it. You will actually, uh, but you need to have. Where am I going with all of this? Otherwise, you are like every day figuring out. I should have done something else. But the Elliot Kipchoge is an insane example. Like I think about the fact that he runs two hours straight at twenty one, twenty two kilometers per hour, which is for me far faster than a hundred meter sprint. Also, right? Because it's. But you you make an interesting point around how he feels at different points of the run. and again it's at that level it's a few seconds here and there that yeah. make a difference so feel and a, a marathon is about is about endurance and pushing through when your body doesn't want you to at different times does do you feel ceos go through absolutely. go through endurance tests a lot as absolutely, well absolutely because it is it is not a sprint right you can't say get this sales done get beat this year's numbers you know i want to Um, you know, launch a new product. I mean, those are all sprints. But CEO is running a marathon. He has to fuel himself. He has to look at nutrition. He has to look at his hydration. He has to look at you know when he's training for uh, the event. He has to look at what are the pit stops on the way. What will I do if there is a heat? If it is too cold? So CEO, if you are running only sprints, it's not. Uh, I mean, you can always uh, a movie can be thought of as a sprint. Okay, I do very well in a movie. After it's done, there will be success. There will be failure. and there are so many people who are one trick film stars or one book authors correct okay because you've put everything into it it's a sprint <clears throat> you have won the sprint after that what but ceo it's absolutely not that you have to keep doing it repetitively eliud kipchoge also says by the way and now you have this chapte guy joshua chapte guy who's now taken on but he's doing 5000 and 10000 meters but he's saying look there are so many times i'm bold i don't want to do this But that's what differentiates great from the good. The good will say one off day is okay. But he's saying no, there is no off day. I may feel bad, but I have to do it. The CEO may feel bad. He may say this was a bad thing. I had a bad quarter. I had a bad month. I had a bad conversation. But there is no option. You have to keep running. The Johnny Walker thing, Shantanu, which you will like. It's keep walking. You have to keep walking because that's what the CEO is all about. You have to get to the. aim that you had uh, actually done and it's not about sprints and as again since you mentioned kipchoge kipchoge said that a marathon is not 1 km into 42 sprints yeah. uh, kind of thing it's a very different way that you run if it was just the sprints and this thing you would have very different uh, skill sets and winners <clears throat> agree uh which is exactly what even like for example mohammad ali or kobe bryant um people and it's amazing how we go back to sport a lot um someone asked mohammad ali when he was doing sit ups how many do you do yeah. and he said i i only start counting when it starts hurting pain. yeah it starts hurting and that that's when you know that pain or failure in the case of a ceo or something not going to plan is actually where muscle building actually happens yeah. it doesn't happen when you're succeeding um which also makes in a founder context which is what i want to get to in a little bit right um uh but before that i think this you in your notes to me you had kind of spoken about different kinds of ceos and i want to put you on the spot a little bit here right one is of course frame that out what are the kinds of ceos that you have seen you obviously you know uh, have worked very closely with counseled advised invested in um yourself uh but what are they and who is the best ceo you have seen from up close 
I kind of have yeah. a sense of who that is hypothesis wise but I would yeah, love to hear yeah, it from you. No, so so I think you do have uh, styles of leadership and that's a entirely so a, people do PhDs and write books, novels, movies, uh, everything on it. But to me it's a very simplistic thing, right? I think there are CEOs who are leading from the front style. It's like okay, I will not tell you to do what I cannot do myself. Okay. So if it's about sales, let me show you how XX million dollar orders have to be given. And that's how I'm motivating. I'm cheerleading. I'm, I'm from the front. Uh, there are Michael, C- very Michael Jordan. Very Michael Jordan. So he's like, writing. there are CEOs who are the, uh, they are the coach. So it is the, they are very iconic in a football team. Uh, so it's the Tuchel or uh, Jurgen Klopp and so on. They're making the plays. Okay. They are not playing. Okay. They know who's to be taken, who's not to be taken, what's the plan. They are motivating. They are <coughs> being tough with the players, but they are not playing. Okay. There is a big difference. Jordan is playing. Correct. And you have the CEOs who will always be out there, all decisions. They have a passion for getting into everything. They will, they, they are a face of the company. And in, in many ways, institutions are nothing but shadows of those CEOs. And there are other CEOs who are not that way. There are CEOs who are technocrats who really know the technology behind it, the product behind it. But beyond that, they are like, this sales wheel sub chhod do, HR chhod do. They succeed because they surround themselves with the right folks. They are not the ones talking to the media. They are not the ones who are handling difficult regulatory and government crisis. They step back. They know that I am great in this product or I am great in this technology. Let me do a damn good job of it. Everything else, somebody else can do. Now, in a certain context, you have the servant leadership style. Okay, we're saying, look, I'm here to help everybody else succeed. Now, that works in consulting firms. It works in service organizations where you are not commanding an army. See, commanding an army is very different. When the general says jump, everybody says how high. Correct. When you are commanding the Delta Force or the SWATs, the Marines, there you, because you know that you are not going to be there in the with the Marine on the mission. Correct. Okay? You need every Marine to think about that in the best him or her in that context. So you are there to empower the Marine. Okay. In the, the, the style which works for the artillery and cavalry, that is not used by the SAS. The okay. SAS style of leadership is extremely different. Like you are alone with your team members. You decide in that situation. We are there to back you. Whatever decision you take, we'll back you. The cavalry and artillery, if you use that same style, everybody asks, why are we doing this? What is the purpose? The mission will go for a toss. You have to jump, you jump. You have to hit, you hit. You don't ask questions. It's just the time between the, uh, the instruction and the time to, of uh, action. That's the time minimize and, and get it done. So that's why context also matters. I think Churchill was a great wartime prime minister. Correct. But failed abysmally in peace. Okay. So there is a style of leadership and there is a context of leadership, I feel. In turnaround situations, you need somebody who is going to be very different, unemotional. In a growth phase, you need somebody who can bond well. So, and very few people actually can transcend everything. Now, it's not just their style. It's just organizations don't have that much reasons to do it. Now, I'm going to talk of three people. I mean, it's not about, uh, um, you know, again, we have to figure out censorship norms there and so on. So, one of the CEOs I know, I mean, who I really admire, is all about the microscope and telescope that we spoke. He knows the details and yet he surrounds him. Half of his time, he just spends talking to people outside his company. Okay. 
because he says look in my company nobody gives me the bad news everybody wants to say yes to me so i don't have a challenge now who do i get these from it's everybody outside so his agenda is to meet x new people every week or x people who are not in his company the another ceo i know he has naked ambition okay he just if i'm number 5 he will say why not number 1 he's always going for number 1 everything else doesn't matter you say but we don't have capital doesn't matter number 1 oh we don't have the product license doesn't matter number 1 so he is anchoring everybody and himself to say just number 1 he is not governed by many of these other considerations he is saying look we have to do it it's a mission for him there is a third ceo who's from sri lanka is not from you know i think sri lanka has gone through so many ups and downs they had the ltte crisis they had the president the political situation the thing and he has been able to steer the institution <coughs> with calm you meet him any time how is it he's very good he's is mature he is there in it for the long term he he has a sense of gratitude for the country because he is thinking of his job because of who he is because they are a very large business he's almost saying i owe it to my country to be able to do this so he has created a sense of purpose for himself so that's what enables him to go through these daily ups and downs because otherwise you know imf has done something the sri lankan rupee depreciates those guys, people are rioting the president is running away you have all of these things happening a ceo will be or chairman or ceo will be damn stressed and he's like no i am here to do the right thing for my people i am privileged and that i am in this position of empowerment so he uses a very different way for himself the second ceo i mentioned would never think of it that way he's saying i have to be the largest in my industry i have to be the number one in my thing the first ceo would not even think of these metrics he would think about you know where is the vision am i getting all the people right because he's not focused on goals he's focused on the system he's saying do i have the right system in place then the goals will will happen if this year we have to launch a new product we will launch a new product this year we have to meet the ebitda target we'll meet the ebitda target he's less focused on goals the second ceo extremely focused on goals the third ceo has goals of a different kind 